267-1023. Another story in the news that I wanted to get to, you might have heard this one, an Alabama preacher and politician killing himself on Friday, two days after being outed for having a secret life online as a transgender curvy girl. His name is Bubba Copeland, F.L. Bubba Copeland. He was the mayor of Smith's Station, Alabama, small town, population just 6,756. He was also the pastor at First Baptist Church in nearby Phoenix City. Shot himself, killed himself around 5 p.m. on Friday in front of sheriff's deputies who were following him. He was a married father of three. Police had been asked to do a welfare check on him. They began tailing his car. The sheriff's office says as they were following him, got out of the vehicle, produced a handgun, shot himself, took his own life. Now this comes after an expose on a conservative news site called 1819 News that outed this guy, Bubba Copeland, as a transgender woman who had a secret personality online. He called himself Brittany Blair Summerlin. Brittany's online profile describes her as a transitioning transgender curvy girl that loves smiling clothes and shoes. One of his social media profiles showed him wearing different women's outfits, including bedroom photos of himself and women's underwear. He told 1819 News, you know, when they outed him here, when this website outed him, the pastor, the mayor of this small town in Alabama, when they outed him, you know, at first he seemed to take it in stride. And he told them that this was just an innocent hobby. It's something that he and his wife do for fun. It was just a big joke. Uh, he told the conservative news site, quote, just my wife knows about it. It's a hobby that I do to relieve stress. What I do in my private life has nothing to do with what I do in my holy life. Does this have any effect on me being mayor? That I sometimes put on a dress or sometimes put on makeup. Does that have anything to do whatsoever with me being a mayor or being a pastor? Well, my answer to that is no. And I've always been very clear on this. You know, when you, you're talking about your own personal life, I could not care less what anybody does with their own personal life. If you're an elected official, just do the job. I don't care. I've been like this my whole life. I, I, I don't particularly care. You know, I mean, back in the 1990s when Bill Clinton was sleeping around on Hillary, I couldn't care less. As long as he does the job as president, I don't care what he's doing in his bedroom. I don't care. Now, if any of these people are engaged, you know, in, in behaviors or activities that prevent them from doing the job, now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. And the only, the only other problem I ever have with it is don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't say one thing and do another. Don't tell people to do one thing while you're doing a different thing in your own private life. Don't condemn people. Uh, you know, what was the old saying? Don't throw rocks at glass houses. Or don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. You know, that's the problem that I have with this. And too many times you see a lot of these pastors, you see a lot of these elected officials, you know, condemning uh, the LGBTQ lifestyle. I couldn't care less. I mean, you want to you be gay, you want to be transgender, knock yourself out. What do I care? I don't care. But there's a lot of these people who do care. And they make a big frickin' deal out of it. And then what happens? Then what happens? Then they get exposed for having a secret life themselves 
where they're engaged in all the behavior that they're condemning on the pulpit. Happens all the time. It's a dime a dozen. It happens a million times. I have always said and I have always believed that the people hiding the most skeletons, the people hiding the most secrets, they're the ones who try to put on the most perfect public face. The people who try to present themselves as Little Miss Perfect, Mr. Perfect, those are the ones usually who are hiding the most skeletons and have the most secrets. Everybody's got their trauma. Everybody's got their secrets. Everybody's got their skeletons in the closet. The people who are trying to cover them up the most, those are the ones, half the time, who are parading themselves around church on a Sunday or parading themselves around, you know, the high school football field on a Friday night, you know, presenting themselves as Mr. or Mrs. Small Town Apple Pie America. Half the time, those are the people who have the biggest skeletons in their closet. And when you live in a small town like this, you know, I mean, I'm surprised that he got away with this as long as he did because, you know, in a tiny little town like this, you're only talking about a town of like 6,000 people, 7,000 people. I would have thought that, you know, everybody already knew about this. He was first elected the mayor of Smith's Station back in 2016. Uh, you know, here we are seven years later. Uh, he had been, you know, dressing up as this transgender curvy girl <laughs> for uh, years, apparently. But it was only recent, I guess it was only recently outed or, you know, published on this uh, one particular news site. But... You know, I mean, to me, it's just, I don't know. To me, it's sad in a lot of ways. Because, number one, I mean, you can tell that, number one, first of all, this guy is a guy who clearly has some uh, tendencies or, uh, you know, leans a certain way. But I'm sure, like a lot of other people in this part of the country, you know, grew up in a very conservative, very religious uh, community where it's just not, uh, it's just not acceptable. It's frowned upon. So what does that lead to? That leads to, you know, underground activity. That, 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 that leads to, you know, having to express these things in, like, uh, taboo and sometimes illegal ways. You know, that's not just true of, of gay people and transgender people. That's true of a lot of people. I mean, even when you're talking about hetero people, there's a lot of hetero people out there who are raised in a way where, you know, they just don't have very positive or productive experiences with the opposite sex or whatever, and it leads to domestic abuse and it leads to violence and, and sexual assault and sexual crimes and rape and things like that, because you're talking about people who never had a, a positive way of, you know, expressing themselves. And that's what happens here. I mean, when you're a guy like Bubba Copeland and you enjoy getting dressed up in women's lingerie and putting on makeup and stuff like that, but you're also a pastor, <laughs> you've got three kids of your own, you're the mayor of a small town in the small town south, I mean, good luck with that. I'll say again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, I'm surprised he even got away with it as long as he did. I can't imagine what it must be like trying to live that double life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about somebody who's literally, you know, trying to pull off the small town version of Batman. 
I mean, where he's one thing during the day and a completely separate thing at night. And then this website outs him. Uh, obviously, you know, again, it seemed like he had taken it in stride at first, and he was just laughing about it, joking about it, but then the pressure starts to mount. You know, and everybody's looking at him a different way, and everybody's ridiculing him and laughing and joking about him behind his back, and then the pressure starts to get to him, and he kills himself, and he, and he did so on Friday. I mean, you know, sad. Sad. This, this is why, again... I say I, I couldn't care less what people do. I don't care. I never have. I never will. These people who condemn uh, whatever it is they're condemning, whatever it is, this lifestyle, that lifestyle, this sexuality, that sexuality, this way of doing life, that way of doing life, who cares? Who cares? If you're somebody whose life is affected by what other people are doing, that's your problem. That's, that's, that's your issue to work through. We should all go through life just taking care of ourselves. If everybody would do that, number one, the world would work a lot better. <laughs> the country would work a lot better. And people would get along a lot more if everybody just focused on themselves. Take, take care of yourself. Stay in your own lane. Trust me, I don't care who you are listening to this program right now. You know as well as I do, just like I know about myself, you've got enough problems in your own backyard. So before you go, you know, mowing other people's lawns and trying to clean up somebody else's backyard, you know, stay in your own lane. Focus on yourself. If more people did that, then focusing so much on what other people are doing. But, you know, that's human nature, too. That's human nature. Human nature is to always be pointing fingers at other people, you know. Human nature is to always be projecting your problems onto somebody else. You know, it's a way of scapegoating. Like, I don't want to deal with the issues that I have, so let me just let me just project it on some other sucker. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. I'm always pointing the finger and trying to blame somebody else for our problems or project our problems onto somebody else. That's what this is all about. You know what I mean? I mean, what would my advice to this guy be? I don't know. I mean, you know, again, if you're a mayor and a pastor in a very small town in Alabama and you've got this double life as a t transgender woman, I think my advice would be good luck, buddy. I think you're in the wrong place. I think you need to get out of there. You know, it might be difficult uh, leaving your wife and kids, but clearly you've got some kind of double life going on here that, you know, it, it, the two sides don't reconcile with each other. If I were you, I'd just pack it up, as painful as it might be, leave, go to some other big city somewhere far, far away where you can just blend in. Go to New York City. There's a 10 million people there, and 5 million of them are total weirdos. <laughs> So go up there. Nobody will even think anything of you. You'll just be another freak in a wig. What else is in the news today? An Israeli government request for 24,000 assault rifles from the United States is drawing scrutiny from American lawmakers and some State Department officials who fear, you ready for this? They fear the weapons could end up in the wrong hands. Huh. They fear that the weapons might end up in the hands of, say, for example, Jewish settlers and civilian militias who are trying to force Palestinians from land in the West Bank. 
The three proposed tranches of semi-automatic and automatic rifles are valued at $34 million. They're being ordered directly from U.S. gun makers, but they require State Department approval and congressional notification. Now, Israel says the $34 million of weapons that they're ordering will be used by the National Police Force, but they have also indicated that they could be supplied to civilians as well. Now, this has ignited concerns from some lawmakers about how they're going to use these weapons. Now, I saw this story in the news today, and I I, I have to be honest with you, I I laughed out loud. We're only now getting around to being concerned (laughs) about... You know, we're selling all of the, we're selling billions of dollars of weapons and arms all over the world. And we're only now concerned about, hey, you know what? I I was just thinking, some of these guns could end up in the wrong hands. We're only now concerned about that? For goodness sake, back in 1991, Saddam Hussein was fighting us in Iraq with weapons that we had sold to him to fight Iran. For the past 20 years, the Taliban has been fighting us in Afghanistan with weapons that we sold to them to fight the Russians back in the 1980s. Back in the 1980s, we had the Iran-Contra affair. That's where Ronald Reagan was selling arms to the Iranians so he could finance a proxy war in Nicaragua. Now, the Iranians used those arms to fight Iraq, which was using our arms to fight Iran. And the Iranians are still using those weapons all across the Middle East and selling them to enemies like Hamas and Hezbollah. But we're only now getting around to... (laughs) Like somebody at the State Department, like this light bulb went off at their head and said, Hey, you know, I was just... They call me crazy, but I was just... A thought just came to my mind. We've been selling billions of dollars of nuclear weapons and guns and arms and tanks and Apache helicopters. We've been selling billions of dollars worth of this stuff to people all over the world. And I just got this feeling that, you know, maybe uh, there could be a chance that the weapons could end up in the wrong hands. What, what do you think of that? Do you, do you think we might be on to something there? I mean, we're, you know. We're only now concerned about this? I'm not sure the Russians, uh, Putin, for example, and some of these other you know, bad players, the Iranians, uh, the Syrians, I, I, I don't know if they've ever produced a weapon. They're all bought from either us or somebody else. They're all purchased from China or from the United States, or Russia's purchasing them from the United States, then selling them to China. China's selling them back to Syria. Like, but... I mean, this has been going on for decades. And, you know, now we're concerned about it? Hey, you know, we better ask the Israelis some tough questions. You wouldn't be giving any of these guns to civilians, would you? Oh, no. What what do you think the Israelis are going to say? They're going to say, certainly not. We would never do that. No, we're going to sell them to our buddy Putin. That's what (laughs) we're going to How much do you want to bet? First of all, Netanyahu and Putin are close with each other. How much do you want to bet two years, three years, four years down the road, we discover some missile strike in Ukraine or a village full of dead people in Ukraine and the arms that were used to kill them were the Russians who had purchased them from Israel, who had purchased them from us? How much do you want to bet? I put 50 bucks on it right now. I mean, this has been going on for decades. 
People have been pointing this out for decades. This has been a concern for a lot of people for decades. And like, you know, the military industrial complex, we just keep pushing this stuff out there. Half the time it ends up being used against us. I mean, I'll say again, I'm not sure. The first Iraq war, Desert Storm, back in the early 90s, I'm not sure Saddam Hussein had one weapon that he was using that wasn't sold to him by us. I don't, I don't even know if he had one weapon in his arsenal. I mean, if you, if you check the serial numbers on every missile and gun he had, it probably all said Raytheon or some American company, Halliburton or God knows what. I don't even think they produced weapons there. I mean, we went in looking for the, uh, the yellow cake and the nuclear this and nuclear that. We didn't find anything. All we found was, you know, Saddam Hussein's palace full of guns and tanks and weapons that we had sold him. That he had used to kill American troops. Great. Fantastic. But we're just now coming around to the realization that, hey, you know what? Some of these weapons might be used by, uh, by bad people. Uh, Better late than never, I suppose. Interesting story out of my home state of Massachusetts. A high school in Massachusetts has expressed horror after a member of its girls' hockey team had two teeth knocked out and suffered significant facial injuries when she was struck in the face with a ball that was hit by a male opponent. Video of the incident, which shows the female player screaming in agony immediately after the impact, has provoked ferocious backlash against an equal rights amendment in the state of Massachusetts that allows high school boys or girls to participate in the same sports if that sport is not offered for the player's gender. So Massachusetts, interscholastic sports there, they offer field hockey for girls, but they don't offer it for boys. So if a boy wants to play field hockey, he's allowed to play against the girls. Now in this case, you got... I'm guessing probably a dude who's bigger and stronger than just about every other girl on the field. And he winds up, he takes a shot, and he smashes two teeth right out of the face of one of the girls that he's playing against. Now, this is not necessarily like one of those transgender laws. It's it's more a law that states if you want to play a sport, but it's not offered for your gender, you can play it. And here's the funny thing about field hockey, although we don't do it really in the United States. Field hockey actually is uh, a a male sport in a lot of other countries. It's a female sport in every country, but it's also a male sport in a lot of countries. Here in the United States, we do ice hockey for men, but like you don't, I don't know if you'd find boys field hockey anywhere. But if you go to Europe, for example, field hockey is a male sport. So In this case, you have a high school kid, a boy, who wants to play field hockey, and it's not allowed, or it's not offered to him, but what is allowed under the law is for him to compete against the girls. Now, this has prompted a lot of backlash against the state. Kelsey Bain, that's the captain of the team of the girl who had her teeth knocked out, she wrote an impassioned letter to the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association urging that the state rethink its laws around male involvement in female competitions. She wrote this, quote, The shrieks and screams of fear and pain that projected from my teammate after being hit filled the entire stadium. 
The looks of horror and shock on the faces of the girls surrounding her were chilling. Following the incident, my teammates were sobbing, not only in fear for their teammate, but in fear that they had to go back out on the field and continue playing against a male athlete who had already put one of us in the hospital. This traumatic event sheds light on the rules and regulations of male athletes participating in women's sports. Now, that's a good point. But here's the flip side to this. For years, girls have also been competing in boys' sports, right? And we've always encouraged that. Like, for example, if there was a girl who wants to wrestle, if there was a girl who wants to play baseball, not softball, if there was a girl who wants to play football, that was considered like an empowering thing. All right, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, babe. If you're good enough to go out there and compete against the boys, then equal rights. We're all about equal rights. So you get out there and you wrestle against the boys and, you know, you can play football if you want to because we believe in equal rights. I think that's the spirit of this law here. It's just now it can be used in the reverse and you end up with boys playing field hockey against girls because field hockey is not offered for boys. So you kind of have to think about this both ways. If they were to rescind this law, I'm guessing, if they were to rescind this law in the state of Massachusetts, that would mean that, uh, for example, a girl, most high schools do not have a girls wrestling team, but they all have a boys team. Even when I was in high school, 30 years ago, uh, you had a handful of girls who would wrestle. You know, they would wrestle. That was their sport. They enjoyed doing it, and they would wrestle in a, uh, in a weight class where they could wrestle against boys because it wasn't offered for girls. So if you just to, you know, rescind the law altogether, I don't know. That might create some problems for the females who want to compete against males in a sport that they love. Personally, I completely agree with the notion that you can't have boys competing against girls, and this is one of the biggest problems. This is one of the few problems that I have with the transgender movement because, you know, for me, uh, if you consider yourself to be transgender, if you're a guy who considers yourself to be a girl, a girl who wants to transition to a guy, I could not care less. I don't care. On no level do I care except this. Except this. When you see people who want to compete in athletics against the other sex, and they're making the argument that, well, I'm one of them. No, you're not. Sorry. Biology is biology, and if you were born a male, and if you were born a female, you have different parts, you have different size, you have different strength. It's just a fact. It's a biological fact. It can't be argued. And so, you know... Just because if, if you're a big, tough, strong, six foot nine male basketball player, but all of a sudden you decide, you know what, I think from now on I'm a girl, so I'm going to compete against the girls. No, that's not fair. It's not inherently fair, and I don't care what uh, the transgender community argues, it's not fair. If LeBron James right now were to announce, I'm a woman. <laughs> And I'm going to go compete in the WNBA. I can tell you right now, the rest of the WNBA, they'd all quit. They'd quit right now because they'd be terrified of getting on the court with LeBron James. He would pulverize every one of them. He'd score 175 points in every game. He'd be jumping right over the other girls' heads, dunking on them. I mean, it wouldn't even be close. 
The final score of every game would be he wouldn't even need teammates. It would be LeBron James 175, and the other team would have like two points. 